So Galatians, here's Paul, and he writes this letter. We have about a dozen letters that Paul wrote. And Paul was, I'd say, the 12th disciple. He met the Lord. God, Jesus taught him uh, personally out in the desert. So when he spoke, he spoke from knowing Christ. And through the time of his, um, of his ministry, which was maybe close to 20 years, half the time was in prison and half wasn't. Half the letters he wrote were from prison and half weren't. Galatians is one of the earlier letters, and he'd been on a journey, and he'd visited these churches, and it was before, you know, blogs and emails and, you know, even Barnes & Noble and Amazon, what? right? So, so he was writing a letter, and just think, whatever he wrote, all the thoughts, you know, that were going on in him, so... Before I read uh, one of the first things he told them, I want to mention what I think is one of the most important or things that he wrote in Galatians, which is the scripture that says, um, but the fruit of the Spirit is, he talks about walk in the Spirit, walk by love. How are you going to walk? He's trying to tell these people how to live. They're kind of new to being you know, Jesus followers. And really, the Jewish people kind of had a corner on the market of the temples and all that. But after Christ came, he tore down the wall, and God wanted connection with all of us. Could I get my water on the, that big thermos? Thanks. So, so here's Paul writing to people that are, did not really grow up in the Jewish faith. which is most of the rest of us, right? Gentiles, they call them. But, but basically, he says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. He says, against such there is no law. So he starts out stating to these guys, I can't believe it. He says, I marvel. I am astonished that you guys have turned aside to what I came and told you, that your walk with God is through faith in what Christ did. He said, you know what I'm hearing? Is that someone's telling you, if you don't obey these Jewish laws, that your that you're not really, you know, a God follower. And Paul says, don't you remember what I told you? It's, it's not through the laws. It's not being good enough. He said the laws are just to tell you you're not good enough. There is no way you can do the laws. So God had to make a way. So here's God, pure. Here's us, you know, not. And here's, right, none of us are pure. And here's Jesus, and he's the bridge. And it is not through going and learning all the laws and doing them right, because Paul did that, 
as he was killing Christians because they were talking about this Jesus guy. And he's like, oh, that's just too liberal. That's too much. That's going to take away our purity of the Jewish faith. So he said, don't you remember I told you? It is only through Christ and what he did. He had to hang on a tree. He had to become a curse. He had to take the punishment. Paul often starts out his letters by saying, grace and peace to you. What's grace? A gift we don't deserve, okay? Grace is a gift we don't deserve. What's mercy? Not getting punishment that we do deserve, right? Have you ever gotten pulled over by a cop and he had mercy on you and you didn't get a ticket? Me too. <laughs> One time I was yelling at my daughter because we went through McDonald's, uh, Wendy's after church. And I'm, she's like, I'm on Del Taco. I'm like, no, I'm just going through Wendy's only. She goes, okay, I don't want anything. So as soon as we're done, we get our order, we're driving down the road. She goes, well, look, I, I, maybe I will have something. I'm like, it's too late. I can't believe that you, you, you had your chance, right? The mom thing. Yeah. Yeah. My foot's going faster. You, you, you know, you said you didn't want anything. You, you wouldn't take anything but, you know. So I'm going faster and faster, and all of a sudden, there's lights on, on my thing. And I pull over, and anyway, the guy did have mercy on me. I don't know if, why, but, but maybe he saw that mother thing going on. <laughs> but she didn't, I didn't go back through, just saying. Um... So he wrote this letter to set some things straight. He wrote this letter as a spiritual father. They started getting judged by other Christians. And he said, you know what? If anybody tells you otherwise, even an angel, no, you have to know that you know that you know. So we need to know that our relationship with Christ is our own. If we have chosen to say yes, Lord, to the gift that he gives us, if we have chosen to get the mercy of not having to be judged for our sin, then that is only through faith in, in Jesus. And the gift that Jesus is, is a choice that you have to make. And once you make it, you make it once for all, you have relationship with God the Father. And he said, you know what? They're trying to add another rule here. And that rule happened to be circumcision, and he was so mad, he said, I wish that they'd, never mind, you know. But he says, that isn't what your relationship is built on. So he spends a lot of time saying this, like, I marvel, I'm astonished, I can't believe it. And then he says, but you know what? You know what kind of family that you're in? He says, for as many of you... For you are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, bond or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ. He says, there's not Jews, the special people, and then us. No, we are all special. We're all super loved. We're all really um, embraced and God says, I want a big family. Yes. I, I want 
peeps, you know, you're my peeps, and I'm your head peep, you know. It's, that's, that's what the Bible is, beginning to end. I want to be your God. And so, so he goes on and he says, uh, you ran well, who hindered you from obeying the truth? Isn't that what happens to us? We're, we're going along fine, and all of a sudden we kind of get it messed up, and we think, oh, we, we're, not, we're not doing well. He says, for you have been called to liberty. But don't use your liberty as an opportunity to just do whatever you want, but through love serve one another. So I'm freeing you. You have liberty from the law to serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, and then it gives seven words, and says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But what's the one word? Love. That's right, love. All of it is summed up in love. So our goal, he says, in, in, he says walk in the spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, what, what kinds of things he's saying? Well, that's kind of easy, like hate, you know, Anger, jealousy, selfish ambitions, just thinking of ourselves, you know, we're in our own bubble, it's all about me, 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 you know, enough about me, what do you think about me, right, <laughs> me, 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 <laughs> envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries and the like, you know what, we wouldn't worry so much about what people thought of us if we realized how little they did, <laughs> people are not even thinking about you. You know, you're walking across the street and you kind of trip and you're just like, oh, I feel so stupid. And you realize, you know what, they're not even looking at you. They're like taking a peek at their text, which they shouldn't. You know, they're dialing in their, you know, their radio station or whatever. But you know what, people are not really caring if you trip. And even if you do, it's like, it makes people feel better, actually. It's like, it's like I've done that. Most people have. So... So kindness is one of the fruit of the Spirit that he talks about. You know, love, joy, peace. You know, patience is called long-suffering. Are you ever in line, you know, at the grocery store and every other line is faster than yours? Yeah. And you're like, I do not call that long-suffering, guys. <laughs> right? <laughs> and in fact, that's a little chance for kindness. You know, you can like say, hey, go ahead. You know, let the person behind you go ahead and practice a little bit of, you know, slowing down. So the philosophy behind practicing kindness is that we are flinging seeds. When we do acts of kindness, we are flinging seeds out there. Yeah. Um, excuse me. We're, you're, you're not just going out and doing good deeds. We're doing deliberate, prayerful acts of kindness. It is not random acts of kindness although it may seem that way, it's intentional acts of love because of, because of God. And it's not, Janie's so nice, you know, isn't my neighbor nice, you know, or, you know, any, you know you're, he's so nice. No, it's, we, we, in fact, don't want to really get that glory. We want them to know, hey, it's not me, it's from the Lord. We, we have some, we have some little packs for you guys to pick up if, if anybody would like to. We have uh, three things out there. We have, we've created these cards. It basically says, um, just want to let you know God loves you. Hope this brings some light to your day. 
And then on the back it has information about the church. And the thing is, we don't do it because we are selling our church. We're doing it because they have a point of follow-up if God touches their heart to follow up somewhere that we know they're going to get loved. You know, it's one thing to say, I'm a Christian, you know, good luck going to visit a church, because a lot of times people will visit a church and they won't be loved, and they might be judged. So, so we have our information on there. We break down the barriers of them having to call and say what time are your services. They're just on there, you know. We break down the barriers of where is your church. It's just, there's a little map on there. So there's, so there's some dog treats. So there's little teeny dog treats with a card in it, little baggies. And how many people, you know, know someone with a dog, right? That is a great little in, you know, to people in your neighborhood. Just go out in the morning, say between 7 and 8. Okay, all your dog friends will be out there with their dogs, right? And, and you know, just go up to a couple of them and just say, Hey, our pastor wants us to get outside the walls and, you know, here. I mean, really, if you're that shy, you just say that, you know. <laughs> hey, we're giving away free dog treats. So the thing is, the card follows them. The card says, we wanted to let you know God loves you. Yeah. You don't have to be eloquent or an extrovert, you know. Hey, we're giving away free stuff. The other uh, thing is some candies. There's like some non-meltable candies like Tootsie Rolls and Tootsie Pops and stuff. Um, and then there's five packs of cards. And I call these DIY. Do it yourself. Find an outreach that you can think of. Um, here's, a, here's a story of someone that, that emailed the church after, uh, after someone did a DIY in the uh, McDonald's line. Hello, I just got back from McDonald's. Today's Christmas Eve, and I literally counted change from my couch cushions and my car to buy some lunch for my son. When I got to the window, the lady there told me the man in front of me had paid for my food and asked that she give me this card. It was a card for your church. That man in front of me didn't know I was a single mom or that I'm not exactly the best, most sin-free person. He just wanted me to know that God loved me. I needed this more than he could have possibly known, and regardless of what I get for Christmas this year, I will consider that reminder the best gift. That was an intentional act of kindness. How much is the guy behind me? Here, give her this card. And so what do we do? We're throwing out seeds, and we do not have to follow her home and make sure that she gets saved. You know what? The Holy Spirit will. The Holy Spirit will follow her. And the fact that she, wanted, she needed to be reminded that God loved her, that's a lot of people that we walk past every day. We don't know their stories, right? You have no idea. Sometimes even the rudest people, you don't know what brought them to that moment, you know, where they cut you off or they, you know, or, or they, <clears throat> they butted in front of you or something. You're like, oh, what a selfish person. They're just... You know, you have no idea. And if you asked three people their story, you'd, you're, you'd start crying. Because nobody has a victorious, you know, I won the lottery life. Yeah. <clears throat> Everyone has stuff that they go through. That's right. So Paul says, 
I, I planted, Apollos watered, you know, but God gives the increase. And he went around, he was planting seeds in all these cities, you know, and he's like, he's like, stay, you know, stay in the Lord, walk in love, walk in the spirit. But he's like, You're, it's not about me. He said, God is going to give the increase. And he says in, uh, <clears throat> to the Corinthians, he goes, um, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. We had a cool experience right before Christmas where um, the city of Claremont <clears throat> wanted to partner with nonprofits. So anyone who, a nonprofit who wanted to have a little booth in front of stores, and I think they had almost 40 businesses. Um, pardon me, I'm sorry, I'm drinking water here. Um, so, and 40 nonprofits sitting in front. Now we got to sit in front of Speckled Hens. It's a cute little store that women love because it's got cute candles and things that smell good and lotions and decorations, stuff like that. It's next to um, a restaurant called Bardot with kind of that cool, those white, you know, um, sunscreen sheets hanging in the wind and fountains and fireplaces and stuff. Anyway, Speckled Hens. And then about a month later, um, the, the idea is that you sit in front and you, you know, can have information about your church, your ministry. And we, and Pastor Larry and I sat there. It was really, really cold that day. And, right? <laughs> yeah. And, <clears throat> and we met some of the other ministries that, you know, that were out too. And, and at the end of the day, a month later, they gave us a check to Kid Care to... Um, to bless our ministry. Well, this week, she emailed our church and said, we're opening up another store, a little kitchen store, um, on Yale, I think. Um, and she said, we want to do, in our opening, we want to do a food drive, a canned good drive. And we want to give it to you guys. I mean, isn't that so cool? That's like, they were sewing you know, by, by giving. You know, they gave 10% of their sales that day to us. And they were sowing. They didn't have to. You know, every business didn't participate. But they were sowing into a spiritual principle. And God says, you give, you cannot outgive me. Amen. Yeah. And he's, God says, test me. You can't outgive me. There's no way. So sow bountifully and you'll reap bountifully. So the question isn't, should we walk in love? Should we walk in the spirit? Should we show kindness? We're on the same page with that. But the question is how? How can we see differently? How can we see beyond ourselves? In, in Romans, um, which next week, by the way, you are going to love Pastor Jody Moore is coming and speaking on the book of Romans. And he is a, a really fun pastor from Praise Tabernacle Church in Chino that is doing amazing things. And anyway, that is going to be a blast. So I didn't get a lot into the certain things that are also heavily touched in Romans that I know he is going to let us know about. So, but it does say in Romans, chapter 2, verse 4 says, the kindness of God leads yes. to a radical life change, yeah. a repentance the kindness of God leads to repentance. And God's goal is that we turn around and we go a different direction, right? 
And amazing, it's not the laws hanging over our head that make us do that. You know, don't murder, don't get angry. You know, we can get angry, actually, it says, and sin not. But he says, the, the kindness of God. Have you been gifted with kindness at some point and, you're, and you just want to cry or you just feel so loved and so blessed? No? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's easier to give than receive because it's so fun. But it is also nice to receive. When we were new young pastors in Cincinnati, we started out with five people. And we were looking around, how can we be different? What are, what are we that, you know, every other church isn't? We don't want to just be one more church. And we started by um, taking food and Christmas presents and gro some groceries out on Christmas Eve to some families that we'd heard about from another church. We're like, hey, do you know of any poor people? We didn't know then. Don't say that. That's not very nice. Do you know of any families in need, economically challenged, you know? Do you know of any families we would like to bless? Some families. So we went out Christmas Eve. It was freezing and, and brought donated Christmas trees and presents and lots of groceries and came in. And the first house, the lady... Let us come in, heating her house with the burners on her stove. Her kids did not have heavy enough jackets to be in the, you know, 50 below at the wind chill factor blizzard outside. And her husband was in jail. And we prayed with her and brought her kids, you know, together. And they did not have a Christmas tree. Here was Christmas Eve. And she had three kids. And we prayed with her. You know what? We were, we were God walking in that door that day. We, we came in to say, God loves you. He hasn't forgotten you. You're not alone. And it was such a joy to, to do that. Over time, we realized it's too hard to like gather up all the jackets and things from all of our neighbors and all that shoes. So we bought a bus. And we took out the last half of the bus, and we had men's, women's, and children's racks tons of shoes on the floor. Then the front, we'd have grocery bags, bags and bags of grocery. So we would go into neighborhoods like that neighborhood we did go back to many times. We'd go out and knock on doors. We'd go two by two, and we'd say, hey, we have some free food and clothing for people in need. If you have a need, we're only going to be here for about an hour. Uh, come on out. If you know of anyone else that you think we, you know, shouldn't be missed, come on out. So people would come out, and they'd get some, you know, they'd look through the clothes and take a few things, get some groceries, and we'd make sure it was too much for them to carry so we could walk with them, you know, back to their houses. And we had our little kids with us, and our little kids were exposed to seeing people live with different circumstances than what they had. And a lot of these were, were um, subsidized housing. A lot of them were, some of them smelled bad. Some of them were impeccable and just and you know either either way it was eye-opening for our kids to see people with less that they could bring some of their stuff and share and give away so that was a great experience to have our kids learn compassion and then we as we were walking we'd be thinking oh lord what can you know give me a way to 
touch this person or, you know, at least we'd offer prayer. And I'm, I'm a big proponent of the 10-second prayer. Most people say, oh, I can't pray out loud. That's crazy. Um, but you know what? If you pray something that is in agreement with God's heart, then he's in that prayer. So you can pray, Lord, I pray blessing on this house. Lord, I pray your favor on this house. And remind them how much you love them. Amen. Blessing, favor, and love. That's, you know, that's not hard. You can put it on a little card even, you know. And there's blessing, favor, love. Right? <laughs> and, and, and get over your fear of praying for other people. Because, man, when you get prayed for, it's a real gift. So power flows through us as we show kindness. The Lord fills us as we give away. We become conduits. And you know what? Our problems seem a little bit less after that. We kind of walk away floating, you know? Like, man, that was awesome. And we'll be changed forever. And you know what? You can't help but grow, personally, when you begin to intentionally find ways to touch and love other people. You know, sometimes we go through life and, and, we, and it feels like a 50-yard dash. We're like, can I get there? Get out of my way, you know? And, and yet, as the years go by, we realize it's a marathon, not a 50-yard dash. What's different about a marathon? You, and you can kind of talk a little bit. How you doing? You know? 50-yard dash, no, you are completely out of breath, you know? It's like, what? Come on ahead of me. So in a marathon of life, we can all win. Don't compare ourselves with others. We're going to get new friends by stepping out. Leadership will emerge. Your gifts will begin to emerge. You'll have fun together. There's a... uh, I was looking through some emails um, at the church that we planted. It grew to 6,000 people by the time we left. And we ended up building a, a huge building on 48 acres that God gave us. And at the time when we were buying that property, we were in need of finances because here we were buying this million-dollar piece of land that then we'd have to build the building also. So... So God told Steve and the leadership, let's take an offering for, a di- for another church. Oh, no. So we took an offering for another church plant that was younger than our church. And, we, and our church raised $35,000. And we were able to give it to this other church. Do you know that that was around Christmas? By summer, our million-dollar piece of property was paid off. It was, and people were creative in how they figured these, you know. Some people, like, donated their Barbie collections, and we, we had a little auctioneer, and hey, da, da, hey, da, da, Barbies, Barbies, you know. <laughs> Barbies, trips, Steve donated a motorcycle. Um, so, so we create this atmosphere. First thing is you need to know that you're loved. You don't do this to find your validation. You do it out of a place of knowing that you are loved. 
you're beautiful, you're unique, and so is everybody else you come across. And every person, including you, are precious and a gem in God's eyes. So look for open doors. Sometimes you have to slow down a little bit and look around. It's almost impossible to hear anything spiritually when we're in a hurry. Think of the idea of inspired ideas, some idea that might pop into your head, a way to show kindness or zero in on, on helping a person with a need. Put, our, put your antenna up and tune in. You know, be listening. Listen to others. Listen to God. Um, kind of gauge the situation. So the DIY, you know, you can get dog treats on your way out or, or little candies. Or the DIY, the cards, do it yourself. So here's a story of two couples with their love antennas up uh, a few years ago at Christmas. We decided to do an outreach on our own, and we used some of the church's kindness cards. We bought a coffee cake and delivered it to the local police department, who let us come in and pray for them. There were three guys that night, and they were all happened to be in the, in the station. Then they went out to eat, and they... Um, they went to uh, El Coyote's, and they, they saw a couple sitting there, and they gave them a $10 bill with an outreach card and just said, we just want to let you know God loves you. They went and ate. They, they tipped their, you know, their server generously. And then they saw another couple, with, a young couple with a little baby, and they gave them some money and a card. And um, said, Merry Christmas, God bless you, you know, on the receipt to the, to the waitress. Well, we had to return because a purse was forgotten. <laughs> Been in a group like that. Somebody's purse probably wasn't his. Um, <laughs> and when we got back, uh, she thanked us so. The waitress thanked us so much for our generous tip. And and then I forgot to mention that the couple, the first couple that they gave money to, they came by our table, and the lady told us that this just made her Christmas. And they said it was so much fun giving away the present of God's presence and love to strangers on Christmas Eve. To people young and old, rich or poor, it doesn't matter. They all needed a touch from the one true God and Savior, especially on Christmas Eve. So, so Paul goes on to say, and don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap. Don't, you know what? That means we're going to be weary. There's going to be times when we're like, oh, man. You know, I, there's people I've walked past. I'm not saying you, you should stop for every single person asking for money because there is no end to that. However, sometimes God gives you a nudge, and that's the time to, you know, ha- put a couple bucks in your back pocket so that you don't have to fumble, you know, or whatever. Kind of plan ahead, but... but even the times when you don't do it and you think of it later and you're like, oh man, I was a jerk, I walked right past them, I was going to, you know, help her on, on my way out, but then of course she was gone. And, um, so don't beat yourself up. Yeah. Just think, okay, God's helping me. See, you know, God's helping me have, have ears and, and eyes. Yeah. So, so Paul ends his letter with, and I love this, Galatians 6, 4 and 5. He says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given, and then sink yourself into that. And by the way, don't be impressed with yourself. 
Funny how he just slips that in, you know. By the way, he said, don't compare yourself with others. Run your own race. When I came to the Lord, I did not want to be one of those Jesus freaks that I'd seen. And, and God really, I felt like, spoke to my heart <clears throat> through my brother, sharing the word with me. Um, when I came to the Lord, and I felt like God said, your walk is going to be you. It's just going to be me yeah. in you. Right. It's not going to be me and you, and now you're going to be weird, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be your own. And then I love the, I think it's Phillips that says it this way. He says, each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. What's the creative best you can? When we had a birthday party for Pastor Josh a week ago, um, and I don't know if I see Nick and Lori, but um, Lori is a sweetheart, and she's in a wheelchair. She's had a stroke, and she has limited ability on one side of her body. But she said to Mako, what can I do to help? And Mako said, can you wrap a present for me? And she said, sure. And afterwards, she told me, she said, that was kind of hard to do with one arm. But, <laughs> but she didn't tell Mako that. She found a way, you know. She just kind of like wedged it and stuff. And, she, and so... That's called doing your creative best wow. with what you have. So All right? So do your creative best. Let's pray. Lord, we, we ask that you would give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear what you're telling us, Lord. Help us to see beyond what we see with our eyes and to tune in to what's going on in people's lives around us. Help us to be sensitive for us who aren't sensitive, put up our little antennas and our little tuners. And can we also have the offering people come forward, by the way? Um, and Lord, Lord, we ask that you would give us our stories, our God stories, of where we stepped out in a, with a little bit of fear, or even a lot of fear, but a little bit of desire to say, I just want other people to know that God loves them too. And so, God, we ask that you would help us, change us, fill us, and show us what it means to walk in the Spirit with your love, your joy, your peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, becoming stronger in our lives so that we can major on the do's and the don'ts will take care of themselves. God, we ask this and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.